You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Thanks for joining us for another episode. You got Sam and Steve here to talk all things Yankees baseball. Sam, we had the streak and it ended, but we got a win. How you doing, man? <laughs> doing well. At least we get to come on tonight and record after a win. We talked last week. Both of us agreed 2-2. Two splitting in Oakland and then getting to take two of three in Anaheim. Unfortunately, the latter part didn't happen, but you can't really complain. The Yankees went five and four on this road trip. They played two teams in the playoff race and um, they played the other team that holds the American League MVP and they went five and four. Uh, The 13-game winning streak snapped. I, I couldn't believe it got to that number. I mean, winning seven or eight games in a row is impressive getting the that number 13 and to see how hard that was is a whole other level but 21 games over 500 unfortunately during the winning streak it seemed like the tampa bay rays were playing the baltimore orioles every single night i think that they was a, that was a professional baseball team they were playing <laughs> i think i think they played them 16 of their 30 games in july at least that's what it seemed like but <laughs> It was frustrating. The Yankees struggled to gain any ground. They actually lost ground in August despite a superb month. But we knew catching the Rays was going to be hard, and it seems very, very unlikely now. But when you look at where this team was in July on July 4th at 41-41, and 41, and to now be 77-46, and 46, that's – or excuse me, 77-56 and 56, – that's just a world of a transformation. It's about all I can ask for as a Yankees fan. Yeah, like you said, an awesome August, 21-8, and eight, uh, 724 winning percentage, and somehow the Rays had a 740 winning percentage. So we lost ground in a month where we went 21-8. and eight. There, There's really nothing you can do about that, especially when you know we actually beat the Rays in, in that stretch um, in, in August. So the Yankees have done their part. They are currently seven and a half games back of the Rays waiting for the uh, – they're going to be seven games back, so the Boston looks like they're going to they're going to beat Tampa uh, tonight. But it, what what a streak it was! I mean, look that we they had the, the three losses in a row, and that was kind of a, a downer here. But don't, don't let that take away from what you did. Like you said, thirteen wins was was remarkable uh, from from the hitting to the pitching to just finding ways to win games. Um, an absolute season changer, you know. Even it, that could have saved jobs that winning streak. To be honest, that could have saved Aaron Boone's job. Uh, who knows about Brian Cashman and stuff, but like that—that that was that put the Yankees kind of back on pace to to where we we thought they should be. That we thought they should be fighting for an AL East title in the middle of that streak. It thought looked like they were going to be. Look, there's a whole another month to go, but I but I doubt we we catch we catch the Rays. And if the Yankees do get the home playoff spot for the wild card, they will have this, that would be the fourth time they host a wild card game. Um, since the inauguration of the wildcard game, which essentially means that if they never added that second team, the Yankees would still have made the playoffs four times the old school way, which uh, in, in the end doesn't really mean much. you got to win that game too, and we have we have lost it before, but it, it's good to go. Let's, I think we start off quickly with, with tonight's game. Garrett Cole was flawless. 15 strikeouts, owning 
that that Angels lineup, including MVP Shohei Otani, who is a joy to watch all around. He did pretty much everything versus this series with the bat and on the base pads. So it was great to see Cole kind of make him look silly um, all game. You know, that, that sixth inning strikeout, which I thought could have been the end of Cole uh, versus Otani, just blew him away. Made, made him look like a, like, like a minor league player uh, at, at times. So for me, th- this this was a game that helped solidify that Garrett Cole is going to win the Cy Young for the New York Yankees and in the AL this year. Yeah, he looked just untouchable at times. 15 strikeouts in seven innings. And the swings and misses that he was getting. 42. Uh, 42. You could go a whole month to get 42 swings and misses as a pitcher. <laughs> it was before the seventh inning. I think I saw the, not balls put in play, obviously. I think I saw the Angels made contact on 26 pitches through six innings. I think, I mean, that's insane. Just, yeah, and, and he, since coming back from the COVID IL, he's at a sub-1 ERA, and this was one of his best starts in a New York Yankees uniform. Things looked to be getting in trouble there in the sixth. Uh, it was the, you know, they had two run, they had one run in the first two batters of the inning, but he bounced back. He had seven swings and misses to end the inning on, on his last seven pitches. Seven swings and misses, and that was that. These hitters looked like they didn't have a chance. I saw some people say it was bullying online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely absurd. The so, fastball's back, and the sticky stuff, it just goes to show you it was really, really overblown. I think yeah. you, you think? Was, you, you think? <laughs> He was using it beforehand, and there were some other pitchers that it took a took time to get adjusted to. And there are some guys who I don't think are ever going to be the same that were using it for their whole career. But yeah, Garrett Cole is one of them that just had a little bit of an adjustment period, and he is back to mowing hitters down. Obviously, no one wants to have your season come down to three hours, but with Garrett Cole. You have to like your chances if you're the Yankees and you're reaching one game playoff. Oh my God, yes! And it, it's you said three hours too. Like this was this was a Yankee game that actually finished under three hours. Here we we've had times when we're trying to wait to see at the end of the game and record, and we're talking four and a half hours, and now it's midnight here. So it, it is refreshing to see an under three hours. You know, as Michael K would say, a, a very manageable game time uh, for 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 baseball. Uh, it's it's just fun to watch, and I think it's gonna become a blessing in disguise that Cole. Missed a couple starts when he got when he got COVID. Obviously, don't wish that he got it, um, but it's it, it saved him a few starts. It might save him a few innings. He went 150, went 115 pitches today, I believe it was, um, and it, he had he had electric stuff. His final pitch was was just as good as his first pitch. He's got 155 innings on the year. We don't need him to get to 200, but he probably was easily going to blow past that um, if he didn't get uh, didn't go on the uh, the IL there. He, he still, despite those starts, still leads the league in strikeouts with 215. It's It's been probably almost a, a decade since we had a Yankee lead the, the AL in strikeouts. Um, he sits 14-6 and six on the year, 2.73 ERA. He's got a, a whip under one now for, for the year at, at .97. Um, he's a proven ace. And look, he, we didn't lose any games, literally, probably when he was, since he, when he was on the, uh, the COVID IL. And then we have a three-game stretch uh, of losses here, and you need an ace to step up, and you need them to get a win. Getting a win, but then getting on the plane after a West Coast trip 
is huge for a team's mentality. And Cole provided exactly what was what was needed there. Um, and I mentioned the Cy Young too. So if there's any people out there who may have placed a Garrett Cole preseason bet uh, on that, uh, Cole is the favorite again. He he kind of switched spots with, with Lance Lynn for the AL Cy Young uh, odds when he went on that COVID IL. But Lance Lynn now just dropped himself on the the real IL with with an injury. Um, and the way that Cole is pitching, uh, I don't think anybody's going to catch him. Uh, as long as he stays healthy. You know, they got Robbie Ray up there, Carlos Rendon, who also happened to jump on the IL, and then Shohei Otani. Uh, I don't think Otani's going to win MVP and Cy Young. So I think you're going to have a unanimous winner in Shohei, which is well-deserved because he is unbelievable to watch. Uh, and then you're going to have Garrett Cole take take the Cy Young, which is, which is great. Um, just a little touch on, on Shohei, just because it's probably the last time we'll talk about him this year because we're done playing the Angels. Sam, it's incredible. It, the I always forget how how fast he is. That steal of home was awesome. Uh, I wish we got him out. A better throw by Geo obviously nails him. But just even on the base pads, he's got one of the fastest home to second, home to first speeds in all of baseball. That you can't be able to hit the ball 600 miles, throw the ball 200 miles, and then still be able to run 100 miles. He can, what can't this guy do? It's absolutely unbelievable. Did you see the other night? It was the First game of the series, the pitch that Andrew Heaney threw to him. Oh, like it looked like it was a an under under toss thing that you're hitting in the batting cage, and uh, how do you can't you throw that pitch to this guy? The ball left his hand, and I immediately <laughs> yeah, just like, said, "Dude, so what?" Agreed. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" It's gone. I mean, this is going to go <laughs> six thousand feet, and when it left the bat, I just admired it. It looked like he stopped his rotation halfway through and just kind of fucking lobbed it up there. I was like, oh, this is a new strategy. <laughs> it was I, – I couldn't believe what I watched. But the fact that this guy is hitting 42 home runs and then is going out and shoving, you know, seven to eight innings on the mound every outing. The Yankees are really lucky that they avoided him this series. He's got a little bit of a hand issue that they're looking yep. to figure out. So I, I know the Yankees roughed him up earlier this year in the Bronx. But, wow, this guy is absolutely special. Uh, he, when we're talking about him being a free agent, I wonder what he's going to do and, and what his value is going to be. I'm looking at his contract right now. He has one more year at five and a half million. And then he's got his third year of arbitration in 2023. That I, I mean, you forget that he signed like a normal contract. You, you'd never really see what he did. You know, the, the Japanese players coming over at that young age and then signing like a contract you would as if you got drafted. He could have waited and became a free agent, I think, after next year, if he played three more years over in Japan. And then it was one more, I think. It was only one? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, he would have landed, he would have easily topped Masahiro Tanaka's contract of $155 million. So he left a bunch of money on the table to come play baseball here in the States. And it just puts on a show every single time. It, it is Showtime Otani. So it's fun to watch. It sadly proves that you can't have one superstar or two superstars to lead you to the playoffs. I mean, Talk about getting a guy to have a season like this and then Mike Trout being out all year. Uh, I feel bad for for Angels fans. But it's fun to watch the few games we do get to play him. Uh, but it's, it's great to see that Cole came out uh, on top here and, and like really, really proved how much of a Cy Young he is and how much of an ace he is for this team because it looks more and more likely that he's going to need to get that ball in, in that wild card game and, and lead us to the, to the real playoffs. Um, hopefully he gets us past there, and if he does – we're going to have to see who the 
the how the rotation falls for the playoffs here. I you know a couple weeks ago we would have said that was Jamison Tyone. Rough rough back to back outings for for good old Jamison here. Uh, what are your kind of your thoughts on him the past few times? Seen a lot of people online saying maybe skip him a few starts uh, to to let him reset his arm because it's been so long since he's pitched this many innings. Yeah, and even going back to that start against the White Sox, his two prior to these two rough ones out west, he had five innings, three earned, five and a third, three earned, which which isn't hateful, but a bigger sample size of four starts. He first started falling off in mid-August, 18 and two-thirds, 21 base hits, six walks, 17 runs, all of them earned. We were talking about Tyone is being a top-of-the-rotation guy at the end of July and in early August. He won the American League Pitcher of the Month in July. He was absolutely dominant, started slow coming back from that Tommy John, and for a little bit there, he looked like the Yankees' best pitcher. But now there's going to be some question marks there when you're talking about if the Yankees can get by that wild card game uh, and it looks like it's going to be against the Red Sox or A's. The Seattle Mariners are also making a big, big push for that spot. Although the Mariners are the Mariners. Yeah. Mar- yeah. <laughs> they, they hold the uh, longest streak in sports of not making the playoffs for, for a reason, unfortunately. like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe they make it when I see it with my own two eyes. It it was just like we talked about the Yankees turning around earlier this year. A guy who I think is the Yankees, and again, this could change right now, their second best pitcher behind Cole, Jordan Montgomery. He He hasn't provided great length. He hasn't pitched into the seventh inning since May, a May 21st win against the Chicago White Sox. But he's given you five innings, one earned in a lot of these starts, five innings, zero runs. He's not providing great length. Or excuse me, he did pitch into the seventh in a July start at Seattle. But he's providing you durability. I mean, when you talk about the playoffs, five innings, six innings of zero or one or two runs, let this offense win the game. I think right now he's been the Yankees' best pitcher. I completely uh, agree. The only issue is that the Yankees just don't like scoring for him. Yeah. Gordon Montgomery's biggest issue is that the lineup hasn't helped him out. Um, And obviously that's, you know, there's no real correlation. Just kind of it happens. But it it is interesting to see because he's having easily, I think, the best best year of his career and in his short career. He got a couple injuries and Tommy John thrown in there. Um, so kind of just comparing it to his rookie year, but he's, he's five and five, like, you know, wins and losses are, are what they are. He has a decision in 10 of 14 starts. That tells you all you need to know. In yeah. 10 of 14. That, that, he's often leaving the game in a one, one tie or a zero, zero tie. Exactly. And, and I mean, it's not big games where the bullpen's blown it for him. It's just, like you said, it's there. He's leaving in a, in a low scoring tie game and, and, you know, games where he hasn't given up a run, but he just kind of runs out of, out of gas. But for, for me, I completely agree. As of right now, this moment, it's got to be Jordan Montgomery as your number two. I understand that Tyone, if he's on that night, can, can be lights out. Uh, but I, do you go with dependability versus, you know, the uh, the um, you know the, the talent there? The Yankees kind of faced this battle last year in the playoffs, kind of what, in, what they wanted to do here with their rotation. Um, and Montgomery came up huge in the playoffs for the Yankees last year. So I think he's gotten over that hump of, you know, we don't want to, we don't trust him. 
I think you trust them enough and you put him out there in a game one, especially if Cole goes goes uh, in the wild card game, which, which he 100% will. But it's it's fun watching Jordan out there. He's got that quiet demeanor. Um, he's got 130 innings on the year already, something that we do have to, like we mentioned with Tyone, just hasn't pitched in a long time. He had 155 innings in 2017, but Sam, 2017 was when me and you first did this pod. That was a long time ago. So oh, it's been shit. a long, long time since uh, – uh, Montgomery's, you know, pitched uh, this amount of innings. So something the Yankees will also need to manage with this rotation here is once you get to the point of, hey, we can't catch the Rays and we're going to make the wild card, do you start seeing some call-ups kind of happen? Does Clark Schmidt get a few starts there now that he's off the IL and had a few starts under his belt? Does uh, Lewis Heal, where does he factor in uh, in September and possibly the playoffs? So there's a lot, a lot of question marks that the Yankees still have to have behind what is purely the ace of Garrett Cole. Um, and then just to finish off the rotation, we had Corey Kluber come back. Didn't didn't look great, Sam. Tell you, I'll, t- I'll start with there and leave it to you. <laughs> he looked so, so good for, for three and a third. And, and then the wheels just fell off. I had one of my buddies tweet that Kluber looked so smooth and so good. And then he just fell off. It, it was kind of like some of his starts we saw earlier in the year. Yeah, Corey Kluber to me is a bit of a wild card, and you made a lot of really good points there about the Yankees and their mindset. You know, catching the Rays. I mean, we got to keep in mind they're only two up on the Red Sox right. in the yeah. wild card. I mean, you want to have that game at Yankee Stadium, and the 100%. Rays are, or, or excuse me, the A's are there. The Mariners are not too far behind them. But I like the point you made. If the Yankees get in a, in a comfortable situation where it's okay, we're heading into the last week of the season. Hopefully, the lead is five games or six games on that top wild card spot in favor of the Yankees, and you go give Clark Schmidt a start uh, the, or another guy, Luis Heal. I saw Aaron Boone said today in this twenty game and twenty day stretch, we play a lot for the Yankees. We yeah, they're making up that one Minnesota game on September 13th, just over or a couple weeks from now. So you have some room to tinker with things if the standings go your way and if you have an advantage. And I think, like you said, that could be a good time for uh, Heal and Clark Schmidt to get a start. I think it could also be a good time for Kluber to kind of get his feet wet again. Yeah. He hasn't pitched since May. That's, you know, a few months ago. So it'll be a good opportunity, hopefully, for him to ramp up. But if he's going out here with the Yankees having a small lead in the wild card, I'm not sure they can afford to give him these starts. And we saw Andrew Heaney go to the bullpen – we're at the he time. Can't, he of can't year. pitch in big games, please. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're at the time here where it's you got to play your best guys, and, and that really includes the rotation. Contract yeah. talk can can go. It, it rocks. needs to. It needs yeah. to. And look, Kluber, like you said, he came out pretty looking pretty good. He had a couple really sharp uh, breaking balls, but um, I, I think it was a little deceiving. I think he had. A couple, couple cement mixers, a couple meatballs in the first few innings that got missed and get get overlooked because it was early in the count. And you're like, oh, whatever, it's just a one-one pitch, and it's not that big of a deal. And that came came to bite him, and that that's where the runs came in. I think you know the second time, you know third time through the order, 
Um, I think it was actually even the second time for the Oilers gave up the runs. So it was, like I said, it was a good start. But I think there's a lot of work that needed to be done by Kluber. Um, and he has a month to figure it out to see if he gets. I think his reputation, um, you know, the Yankees have seen him in the playoffs on the, on the other side of the hill plenty of times. His reputation is going to get him a playoff start if possible. But there, there needs to be a, a long discussion about this. You know, it happened to the Yankees kind of last year with, the, you know, the, the Hap Davy Garcia thing. They just They tried to get too smart here. Um, and I wonder how that is going to affect that, you know, in the future. Like I said, we'll definitely talk a, long, a lot more about that once the Yankees solidify a playoff spot. Um, but it, it looks like it's going to be a wild card game. Like you said, we are, we're, we're seven back uh, of the Rays who just continue to just pummel everybody in sight here. Uh, but the rotation is going to be always be huge. At the, the key for the Yankees for years is the rotation and will the rotation hold up in the playoffs. And here we are having a 13-game winning streak come to an end. We, we take over the top spot in the wild card, and we're right back to where we started of will the rotation hold up, who will be pitching. So there, there's a whole month to, to figure this out while playing important games. Um, I think a couple of guys that we think will perform pretty well in the playoffs from a batting stance for the Yankees are the two giants out there in Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, who – Continue to have huge seasons. Aaron Judge is going to, I think, finish top five in MVP voting. John Carlos Stan got the day off uh, on Wednesday night. Just a typical day off for him, uh, but has been on fire. Both of them had a huge, huge August. And Sam, I think we'll start with Stan here because you said it at the end of last week's pod that you think Stan could be approaching 30 home runs at, when we when we talk next. Didn't, get, didn't quite get to 30, but he's at, he's at 25. He had a couple more big shots, um, and he's still looking good at the plate, um, and, and he's putting up good numbers. It's I kind of tweeted out a lot about it. It's for a guy that gets booed constantly. He's the most booed New Yorker, including whatever's going on in fucking Queens. John Carlos Stan is getting booed, putting up 25 home runs, batting 270 uh, with a you know a 500 slugging percentage. Um, so quietly, a good year for for John Carlo. How about that home run in Oakland? I have watched baseball highlights. I'm a baseball junkie. I, I know you are. I have I have MLB Network after I have to cover some morning TV assignments for work. I have MLB Network rolling uh, all day if I don't have any assignments uh, for live TV coverage in the afternoon. I have never seen somebody go into that area in Oakland that he did. It's crazy. That and then, and then also two days later – pretty much cleared the rocks in Anaheim. Like, I've seen b- balls hit the rocks up there. I didn't see that ball land in Anaheim. <laughs> Neither did I. Both of them were, you know, plus, I think, what, the one in Anaheim, I think it was 472. Um, and that seemed short to me. That, that seemed like that could have been a 500-footer. Uh, but just absolute bombs. And um, I forget who was ta- who was on the call the other day uh, that made the point that, like, actually, I think it was MLB Network. Actually, I was listening to a, a, a live break-in of the game. I think it was Harold Reynolds was saying he just looks, when he's on, he looks so comfortable and so dangerous at the plate that you could tell when he's off, he his 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 facial emotions and the way that his kind of shoulder uh, stays locked in is completely different. Like he looked like when he was, they did a close-up on his face and they were like, he's going to hit this ball 120 miles an hour. And he did, it ended up being a line out when they were talking about it. But when he is locked on and he's able to reach that outside corner, 
I don't know what you do if you're a, hit, you're a pitcher. I mean, you, then you got to try and throw him up and in, and they, they, it led to them talking about him getting hit in the face and uh, all those years ago and how that might have changed him as a hitter. But you could tell the difference when stands on and off. Um, and it's, it's crazy because it leads to those literally majestic freaking home runs. I, I love watching him so much when he's getting to that outside part of the plate and not only hitting home runs, when he pulls them from the outside oh. part of the plate, 450 freaking feet. I mean <laughs> – he hits the it, ball where nobody else in baseball can hit the ball. It's it's just a joy to watch. And I picked him to win MVP on our preseason award show. Yeah, yeah. And I picked him in 2018, I believe. Write it down right here. <laughs> We're going again. 1st, We're doing it again. <laughs> September 1st, 2021. I am going to be picking Stanton to win the MVP award in 2022 for the New York Yankees. I think next year, and I'm, I'm not looking forward to next year already, there's a lot of business that needs to be done right now. You're going to see 50, 55, maybe 60 home runs out of him next year <laughs> when they have him play in the field and he's not just DHing. Granted, he stays healthy, knock on wood. But I love watching this guy right now and Aaron Judge as well. You look at these two giants out there and Judge – from an MVP race standpoint, you mentioned you think he's going to finish top five. I think we could be talking top three right here. Uh, yeah, Shohei, I'm going to pull him up real quick, uh, the odds oh. at the moment for it. But, I mean, it, it's it's a two-horse race that Shohei is going to clearly win and Vladdy's going to get second. But um, I was – not to get too off topic about the Yankees. I was posed this question today from a friend. If Vladdy wins the Triple Crown and – Shohei is still Shohei. Zero Are chance. You, zero chance for Vlad. I, I don't. Think, I think he literally won't even get one first place vote. He'll get maybe one. If if one Toronto voter has Toronto reporter has a vote, uh, I I think Shohei doesn't have to step foot on the field the rest of the year and he wins MVP unanimously. And I, and I'm not just saying that because I bet him to win forty to one to start the year, but I, I legitimately think there there's no chance in, in hell that anybody can beat him, no matter what happens. Right now, the odds are Shohei Otani is minus 3,000 and Vlad Jr. is plus 1,500. So it's crazy. Vlad Jr. is having an unbelievable all-time year where he might win the Triple Crown and he's 15 to 1 odds in, in September. That's crazy. That is legit I, crazy. And he's only he's, he's pretty close in, in all facets for the Triple Crown. He's .02 away from average, three homers away, and six RBI away. So... It's not like this is out of the question, but yeah. Shohei Otani is doing things we haven't seen anyone do in 100 years. So It's crazy. And then it's look, Aaron, Aaron Judge isn't, isn't really listed here on, on odd, odd Sharks. He's not in the top five. Um, so if there was a way to bet that Aaron Judge finishes in the top five, I, I would throw a little cash on that. Because right now they got Otani, Vlad, Marcus Simeon, Matt Olson, and Rafi Devers uh, as your top five MVP candidates. Um, so it'll be... Uh, the race is over, as we, we agree, but it'll be always be good to – it'll matter to judge. Getting a top five MVP here is going to matter for him in arbitration and everything. Um, but like you said, we both were really high and thought Stanton could be up there. You took him to win MVP. I took him to hit the most home runs this year. Um, but either way, I, I'm not complaining with the season he's having. He's, he's going to hit probably you know, at least 30 home runs. You know, everybody's complaining about how low the Yankees' batting averages are, and everyone just assumes Stanton strikes out and never gets hits. The dude's batting 272. 
that's good. That's higher than DJ LeMayu. Like no one, if you, no one would have took John Carlos Stans have a better average than DJ LeMayu this year. No one. Um, and just an absolute crushing, you know, uh, uh, all, all the other, you know, sabermetric stats to, to, that go along with uh, with the way that he hits the ball. It, it's fun. It's fun to see him, you know, just rocking that mustache, going up there and and, and doing what he does. But Sam, out of all these numbers, which we talked to with Aaron Judge and and Stanton, the two most important numbers are this: one hundred and nineteen and one hundred and eleven. Those are the games that Judge and Stanton have played respectively this year. That's the biggest part of this entire Yankees team is both of those guys are in line for over 130 games. Everybody is saying that the Yankee season turned around when uh, they got Rizzo and Gallo, but let's not forget that their season turned around. They took two or three from the Rays before heading to Miami and where Gallo and, and Rizzo joined them. The story of the Yankee season is the rotation stepping it up throughout that great month of August for a good portion all the way up until the very end. But it's Judge and Stanton staying healthy and producing in a big, big way. That, I think, is the biggest reason for the turnaround. Joey Gallo is hitting 139 as a Yankee. Anthony Rizzo, he started to come back after his COVID um Stint this week, a couple nice hits in Anaheim, had an RBI double out in Oakland that went off the left fielder's glove. But when you when you look at the offense and you have the guys like Andrew Velasquez having a great month, Brett Gardner's been much, much better. Um, Luke Voigt also on an absolute tear. But I think the big story of this Yankees turnaround is Judge and Stanton playing like the stars they're capable of being. I, I completely agree. It's been like Stanton went on that short little DL stint in uh, middle of May. Came back at the end of May. Uh, June June wasn't the, the greatest uh, for the Yankees, um, but, but then they absolutely turned it on in, in July and August. And one of the biggest factors is that all of July and all of August, yes, you've had Rizzo, yes, you've had Gallo, but you've also had Stanton. And Judge, and we, I mentioned it a little bit on last week's episode, um, the, while the, the numbers that Gallo and Rizzo aren't jaw-dropping and Judge and Stan are obviously outperforming the two of them, it, it's got to be that the biggest thing the Yankees missed going into the year was having a lefty power bat in between those two guys. You know, whether it's, you know, the two-hole, two-to-five is, you know, Stan, Gallo, um, Judge and Rizzo, or you flip it the other way, where Rizzo's your two. Having those lefties surround these two righties is huge, and it might not show up on paper like we're seeing with you know with with you know to turn it into Joey Gallo talk. Like Joey Gallo is severely struggling at the plate. Um, we knew he struck out a lot. We knew he didn't get too many hits, and it was mostly all kind of power, uh, power and walks. But he's like I said, one thirty nine as. Uh, for for the Yankees this year, um, a couple. I'm so. But look, when the Yankees are winning, it doesn't matter. But I think just for for clarity, kind of sake here, amongst it all, is that Joey Gallo has 31 games played for the Yankees this year. Aaron Hicks has 32 games played for the Yankees, and Clint Frazier has has 66 games. Um, so he Clint obviously played uh, a little more, but. All of them were having pretty similar numbers 
which is, you know, the, the craziness is we were so happy to get rid of, you know, um, not get rid of, but the injuries that lost Frazier and, and Hicks and what an upgrade Joey Gallo will be over those players. And it, the only upgrade is, has, has been defensively, obviously Joey over, over Clinton left, but Aaron Hicks is a pretty good defender. Um, but from a batting standpoint of it all, Joey has not been better than Clint Frazier and Aaron Hicks that, that when they were healthy at all. And that's that's shocking. Very. Um, yeah. Joey he's, actually, he's actually been worse. So I was, Aaron Hicks in 32 games batted 194. Joey Gallo's batting 139 with the Yankees. And Clint Frazier in 66 games batted 166. Um, it's not even – Clint Frazier's got – and we talk about the walks. Clint Frazier's gotten on base at a – a 31% of the time. Joey Gallo's at a 30% of the time. So th- those walks really, it hasn't, it's been, it's pretty shocking to me when I, when I saw this, that he really hasn't been an upgrade at all offensively for the Yankees compared to the guys that he was replacing. And I'm not a stickler over Joey Gallo's average. I mean, we knew what the Yankees Yeah, no, I don't, I don't care, but it is interesting to but, when you see it right now. Yeah, I think he needs to be hitting at least 200. If he hits 200, 210, I'm not complaining because that's the player he's been his whole career. We know there's going to be power. We know there's going to be strikeouts. There's going to be walks. He played his first game for the Yankees on July 30th. He's got six home runs. Six home runs in a month. That's not terrible. But he, he's got to be hitting the ball a little bit more. I know 139, I, I want to see him at at least 200 by the end of the season during his Yankees tenure. Yeah, and look, he's because, got his walks. He's striking out literally 50, just under 50% of the time, um, and he's walking about 25% of the time. We can, If he could walk 30% of the time and strike out 40% of the time, it, it's, 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 it's a huge difference uh, of what's going on here. Um, so there... The Yankees lineup, as we talk about how nice it's been for Judge and Stanton to start clicking and clicking at the same time, too, which is rare for the two of them. Just imagine if Joey Gallo starts clicking. I mean, come on, Sam. That would be absolutely scary. I don't know if... If the three, uh, of, those, if the three of those guys can click, there is very little that makes me think that the Yankees won't go to the World Series. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it all depends on that one game playoff. But yeah, I would like to see Gallo's average get up a little bit more. He's playing pretty good defense out in left field. Uh, he, I he feel like great. he sees, even when he strikes out, I feel like he sees eight to nine pitches per at bat. I mean, he's having really, really good at bats, but unfortunately, a lot of them are ending in strikeouts. Coming into tonight, he had fifty strikeouts. Uh, in a Yankees uniform. I mean, that is Yeah, and we had absolutely. one tonight. So he's got 51 strikeouts in a 133 plate appearances. I mean, that is that is just It's high. It's high. It's high un- for it's it's high even for Joey Gallo. Yeah, that is very very high. Uh, yeah, you got to get above that Men- Mendoza line, Joey. He's had some pretty big hits as a member he's of the some, Yeah, he's had some big hits, absolutely. And uh, if there is a time, I, I'm still confident that if he gets up in a, in a big spot that, that he could do absolute damage because that's just, that's just who he is. It comes with the, the risk and reward of it all. And the, that, that, to tie it full circle to me here is I, I kind of find it funny is that people said that Joey Gallo is basically a, a, right, a left-handed John Carlos Stanton. 
And it, it's that's simply not true because Stanton hits the ball way differently than, than Gallo and, and hits gets a lot more base hits. Yeah, and Giancarlo Stanton's hitting above 270 this year. If he was hitting 240 with the season he's having, uh, I'd be happy. And yeah, they're two very, very different players. But for Gallo, I if he gets going with the other two of these guys going, it'll be a scary, scary October should the Yankees get by that dreaded wild card yeah. game, which I'm already having. <laughs> I'm, I'm already having anxiety. It's- over it um, i mean it, it's it's just it is just the absolute worst but uh, we, we know sam we know that rizzo will be in the lineup and at first base for the foreseeable future and including in that wild card game um even when he's when he's struggling because he i think he means that much to that lineup even when he's struggling here but we do i want to talk more about luke voigt he he's had a couple uh you know i say a, a longer stretch of you know, on the bench, um, you know, didn't really only got one start in uh, in in L.A., uh, but he got three starts in in Oakland. It looked like, um, but he got he gets hits. Like he got two hits today. He when he, when he's in the lineup for a consistent basis, Luke Voigt does do well, and he is a guy that needs that consistent playing time. Hasn't looked great coming coming off the bench. Um, I'm just uh, just kind of what are your thoughts? You know, now it's been like a full two weeks. Of of this Rizzo Voit situation here, uh, of how Voit's doing and how he's handling it. Yeah, I think he's handling it really well since August 9th, the game after he came back. Uh, he's hitting 300. He's got an OPS uh, 937. I mean, just he's been an absolute stud tearing the cover off the ball. And when he has a game where he pinch hits for two or three games in a row. It doesn't look like he's losing a step. He was a pinch hitter each been... of the last two nights in Anaheim, and then he comes back, gives the Yankees a big 2 nothing lead early with that two-run single. Yeah. His first uh, pinch hitting appearances were coming up in in Atlanta, and he, he walked both times. So he didn't really get a, get a sense of how he would do kind of off the bench. He still kept his great eye, which is nice. But then his two at-bats – Burst the Angels off the bench were 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 kind of ugly strikeouts. Um, but like you said the, the biggest part of for Voit is going to be to not let those one at bat games ruin him as as a starter. And I think you know kind of Wednesday night showed that with the uh, with the with the big hit. And he, he comes up, he always seems to come up early in a big spot. And it may not be the 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 bomb home run, but early in the games it looks like he's just looking to drive the ball and get a base hit versus going yard. When he comes up in a pinch hitting spot, it seems like he might be more a little homer happy. Yeah. You're, you're which, is, which is what you should be at, kind of as a pinch hitter like Luke Voigt. You're not coming in to, to set the table. You're coming in to clear it. Yeah, absolutely. And Vo- Voigt's been arguably, uh, it's it's a toss-up in the last two weeks between Judge Stanton and Voigt. But, you know, those are the Yankees' three best hitters in the last few weeks. However way you want to look at it, whoever you want to pick. And I was shocked when Luke Voigt remained a Yankee. And I said last week, I kind of looked at him as a bonus when they traded for Anthony Rizzo. I didn't know if, if Voigt would come back and if he would be able to stay healthy. Three DL stints this year. It's been, it's been a rough go for him, but he's back and he's hitting with a vengeance. You look at last season, which 
I don't put much stock into at all. I think everybody gets a mulligan for whatever the 2020 MLB season was. But he led the major leagues in home runs. He had a home run in over a third of the Yankees games. And he's been a joy to watch. And he's under contract for a few more seasons. Rizzo's a free agent. I know Luke Voigt is not the best fielder, but you can get him a lot of games at DH uh, in the foreseeable future now that they're pretty comfortable with playing this big outfield of Gallo, who's under contract next year, Judge and Stanton. Aaron Boone's playing that outfield four times a week. So Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how that continues in, in September. Uh, another thing to watch as you watch in the standings, too, of, of how that – that 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 goes of who gets the days off like i think it's time maybe that joey gallo gets a few days off and you put stanton and you still have gardner out there you don't have to go the big outfield it doesn't have to be that either stanton doesn't play or or you go the big outfield i think there's opportunities or you throw stanton out there and you give gallo a day rest um if needed too but you know you get when luke voigt it, it, it's the consistency of of, of voigt you know 20 2018, him bursting onto the scene, I think that is a bigger outlier than what we saw in the COVID season. You know, that, that year he came on, was, was, was slugging almost 700, getting on base at a 40% clip. Um, but in the end, you're going to get power. You're going to get a 250 to 275 hitter um, and, and a guy that, that's going to put some, uh, you know, get, get on base as well. He's pretty, been a pretty consistent, you know, gets on base 35% of the time um, as a Yankee. So it's a... Uh, It'll be very interesting to see what, how that future holds for, for Luke Voigt. But for now, uh, I trust him in a big spot, and I think he's going to get some big playoff at-bats, you know, as you keep mentioning, if we get past the, the, the wild card game. Uh, but that's, that's one side of the infield. The other side of the infield is still a little iffy here. We had Gio Urshela finally come back after missing a month, um, and that kind of pushed Rugnet Odor to uh, a full-time bench role. But now on that Infamous Shohei Otani steal home play. Gio Urshela looks like he got a little injured and is getting an MRI uh, on Thursday morning for his hand. Um, it was a terrible throw, um, and I hope it doesn't lead to a, a bigger injury here. But um, it's kind of, it's a bummer because I think I think we're going to see Glaber Torres come back um, by the weekend, and, and hopefully that that Gio doesn't miss too much time and doesn't have to go back on the IL because it would be good to see a, a full potential infield of Rizzo, LeMahieu, uh, Glaber, and, um, and and Gio for the, the final month of the year as we gear up for our playoffs. Yeah, and we got word from Aaron Boone today that he expects Andrew Velasquez to stay on the roster for even when Glaber Torres comes back. I know the rosters go to 28. They went, they went to 28 to this today. morning. Um, so I, I, could t- I could see that as well. I can see them just sending down Floreal or even uh, – Kritzky to come up so it makes sense that that you're going to keep him up which which is great for him great for the kid man go Rams oh yeah and uh yeah I'm sad to see Urshela get dinged up again he, he just got back from missing a whole month almost so yeah I, we obviously don't want to see Gio in the lineup he hasn't really come around with the bat just yet but the glove has been flashy over there at third base. Uh, That's the biggest upgrade, you know, when you have Rugnet or Dor playing out of out of touch there, that you get Geo in the in the field, and then he always comes up big in the clutch. But uh, Sam, just I mean, we both want Geo in the lineup as quickly as possible and as long as possible. But we kind of just win whenever Rugi's out there. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like it's, 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 it is what it is. We kind of just win, it seems like, when he's out there. My favorite he, – he is one of my favorite Yankees. I, I know he's <laughs> far from perfect, but – That's had some chance. really bad plays in that field sometimes, man. <laughs> I, I mean, but look, I wrote about, you know, I was against acquiring him, but I just love when – when he hits a home run, it's a no doubter. It's, no, the, it's the backdrop is 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 a one. It is good. Yeah, and, and he's always having fun in the dugout. He gives the best advice to pitchers on, on his little mouth. I don't know what he says out there. I don't know what it is, but he's got some secret fuel that he just kind of spits at him, and it just gets him out of a jam every time. It, it is, it, it's impressive. <laughs> did you see he was out in the bullpen in Oakland? Dude, I, <laughs> I saw they did like the quick thing. I saw like a bat. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And then you go to check Twitter, and everybody's like, oh, I think Rukadad's out in the bullpen. Like, what See is this he? little 5'8", five, 5'9", five, <laughs> second baseman, and his bald head and his headband. Just, just... swinging out there. Like, if you're, like the, if you're um, Malarkey, the bullpen coach, like, you can't tell him to leave. But, like, you got to be like, dude, Rugi, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I love he, – he is just – he kind of reminds me of, of the Nick Swisher-type personality on, yep. on the Yankees. It's a guy the Yankees have been missing for a long time, and they have him for five hundred seventy thousand dollars next year, which which is great. I which mean, which is crazy. But I and, love love me some Rugi. I mean, but he, has just, he is a spark plug. He is a spark club. He has those great, great. Um, I think the the biggest issue here is as we just spent a couple minutes talking about the stuff he does are kind of those stuff that the intangible things with the with the clubhouse and on the mounds. It hasn't really translated to his play on the field, though. We've mentioned a bunch, he had a bunch of bad plays in the field, um, and the the home runs are fun, but the they're coming less often than his, his hot streak shows, and he's just not swinging the back rate. In his last thirty games, he's getting on base twenty seven percent of the time. He's got a slugging percentage in his last thirty games of two eighty one. Um, so while yes, it seems like they win all the time when he's out there, statistically he's not helping the Yankees win it at all. The, the past yeah. past month. The past month. And that's the past month that Gio's been out. So he's gotten consistent playing time um, due to the Gio Urshela injury. Um, and it hasn't really taken it. there. I think there's a difference here when we're talking about Voight versus Rugnet or Dora of, you know, these guys are going to have to get used to bench rolls and it's going to be a bummer they're not in the lineup type thing. But if we focus on the numbers here, it, it is a huge upgrade to have Gio Urshela than, than Rugnet or Dora in the lineup. So... Just uh, as as the fun goes, it's uh, you know this guy's doing drag bunts to to get on base like he was tonight uh, because I think he knows his swing is off at the moment. Yeah, uh, and if Gio is out for a significant period of time, it's going to be a lot more of Rugi at third base, which yeah. uh, so uh, it do- doesn't really thrill doesn't really thrill us. He had that play in Atlanta where uh, Albies was just hustling down the yeah, line and yeah. <laughs> Odor's taking seven crow hops to get the first. So we've seen the Yankees utilize in the last week, or really in the last month, the defensive replacements oh, at the end it. of games. You go on you go on your MLB at bat app, and it's like a fucking novel. I, I think Tyler Wade's going to play 300 games this year. It just, it, it, <laughs> but he's only going to get like 200 innings. It's like... Defensive replacement, Andrew Velasquez in for Tyler Wade. Defensive replacement, Tyler Wade moves from shortstop <laughs> to third base. Defensive replacement. Rugnet 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 Rugnet
defensive replacement. DJ LeMahieu enters the game at first, <laughs> shifts from second base to first base. It's like a novel, uh, the, these end-of-game defensive uh, situations. And, <coughs> excuse me. You go, but I think I think those are good moves. Though I, it's I think it's it's fun to make fun of, but the defense is so important that it's I think it gets to the point for the Yankees that you, it's okay to lose that at bat here and there, um, and see where it goes. I'll be interested to see how that works. If let's say, I mean, so if do you think that they'll pull Glaber if he's back at shortstop playing full time, and you've got Wade and you got Velasquez on the bench? Are you pulling Glaber in the eighth, ninth inning on a regular basis because of the, the defensive upgrade? Yeah, that is going to be a very, very tough call. I, I mean, especially if, if you're doing it for the way you've been doing it now, why stop there? If you The goal is to get the best defense out there, and you're putting Gardner out there. If you're putting you know anybody else out there in, in left after Stanton gets a hit in the seventh inning, where do you draw that line with Glaber Torres? So I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. If you see, you know, Glaber ends the seventh inning uh, at bat, where it's unlikely he gets another plate appearance, um, that you you might see Velasquez come out there just for two innings, um, which is a which could be a little bit of a, a thing that Glaber has to get used to for his ego for a young young kid out there who is you know was tabbed the next shortstop by the Yankees to be. Uh, you know, get get defensive. It's it's, it's a little different when you take out Rudnett or Door first taking out Glaber Torres. Oh, it absolutely is, and I wonder how Glaber would deal with that. And he, he's not very far off from joining the Yankees. I think he's this in weekend he's in AAA uh, yesterday and today, so it, it should be he he could be back on Friday. He could be back for the next game. Um, yeah. So we'll see there, but. Uh, uh, you know what? He's definitely got to come back because we're playing the fucking O's and, and he's owned them for years. So I, I think we'll, we'll see Glaber come back and hit 12 home runs, uh, you know, on, on Friday. So, Sam, let's look at the schedule like we do every episode before we wrap it up here. As we mentioned, off day today on Thursday, um, which, is, which is much needed because there aren't many off days left in this, in this season. And then three versus the O's. Got to be a sweep. There, there's no questions about it. The the Rays went seventeen and one, I think it was this year, or eighteen and one versus the, the Orioles this year, and that is literally the sole reason they are going to win the the AL East. Going eighteen and one versus a division opponent is is free birthday cake for everybody. The Yankees need to sweep the O's to get started this weekend. Yeah, and look, we've gone over that the O's have some pretty good hitters at the top. Of that I mean, mainly Mullins and Mancini. But. I mean, if there's if there's one, and I know Mountcastle can beat you with a dinger, the Yankees legitimately have three guys they can't let beat them. It's Mountcastle, Mancini, and Mullins. You, you cannot let them beat you this weekend. Everyone else, like, yeah, you have to do your job. The, the Yankees, shit, the Orioles came out. Somebody anonymously spoke to Ken Rosenthal and said it was an Orioles player who said we're outmatched. I think it was every... Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini actually, I think said it. It, it, it was anonymous in Rosenthal's piece, but oh, okay, it, it okay. was <laughs> it was he's like we're outmatched every single night, and that that's what the case is going to be here. You have three against the O's, have to be a sweep, and then you have four against the Toronto Blue Jays who. 
I know they've fallen off, but they have some guys who freaking kill the Yankees in that lineup. They do. Uh, and, Vladdy and it's Jr. not. It's not just Vladdy. It's you know, it's Biggio. It's uh, T. Oscar Hernandez. There, there's up and down that lineup seems to do great um, versus us. And look, these, these are the the key things that happen. Um, you you don't you obviously playing against the top teams in the division um, can lead to winning a division, but it's the beating the bottom teams in a division. That make the difference. That, that I truly think that all the time. And, and there's today, this year is a bigger proof. We are eight and five versus Baltimore. That's not good enough when Tampa's going eighteen and one or whatever it is. We are six and six versus Toronto. Toronto's a very good team. Six and six sounds great, but you got you got to be you got to be eight and two or whatever eight and four versus them. Those games versus the the lower level opponents. Um, even though the Blue Jays are a good team here, are what makes the difference in a in a in a pennant race. Um, so, like I said, huge seven games here. I'm gonna look up what the what Tampa is right now versus versus Toronto because I think Toronto and and Oakland are just as important or more important games for the Yankees. You can't split series versus those teams when the Rays are sweeping them. Yeah, and we talked about it earlier. The Rays are just. It seemed like they played the Orioles every single night throughout that Yankees 13-game winning streak. Um, it, it's, it was just ridiculous. Like you said, the Yankees like lost ground in that insane August that they had. Um, just, I, I can't even fathom that. But, yeah, these games are very, very important, and it starts with sweeping the Baltimore Orioles uh, because they are a bad, bad baseball team, one of the worst we've seen in a long time. And then you have four against the Jays and three against the Mets. So, yeah, you, you have to win these games, and they're at home. It seems like they haven't played a home game in in weeks. Yeah, it's going to be very uh, important to uh, to win at home. We we do really really well um, at home. Um, like you said, so we got Baltimore, Toronto, and then we'll obviously jump back on before that. But there's another three games coming up the week after um, versus Baltimore. So it's uh, you know six games up there, four grabs um, for it. That that's yeah. important. So we've oh I'm sorry the Rays have played a lot more games versus the O's and um, Toronto, but the Yankees are 14 and 11 versus those two teams right now. Three games over 500. The Tampa Bay Rays, Sam, they are 26 and six versus those two teams. The the that's the division. Right there. The Blue Jays is what's surprising me though, because they're the eight Blue and Jays five are... versus the Blue Jays, and we're six and and six and six. So, the you know they still got some. We they had a couple games in hand on us, so they they've played thirty two games versus our twenty five games. But to me, that is an opportunity for the Yankees here. That means we've got a lot more games versus these teams, and they're they're coming up right now. So there's there's plenty of opportunity for the Yankees to stay hot and get on another huge, you know, winning streak. We play Baltimore six more times. And we played Toronto seven more times. Those are the important games here. Yes, we finished first Tampa to end the year. Yes, we have three more versus Boston. But if the Yankees do what they're what they we know we can do versus the Orioles and Toronto, those games are going to matter so much more than these three games versus Boston or three games versus Tampa. Because if we don't take care of business versus the Orioles and uh, versus Toronto, nobody's going to give a fuck about those three games because Tampa Bay is going to be up fifteen games and win a division by September 20th. Yeah, the Yankees right now are, are playing the win the wild card, barring something totally unforeseen. So taking care of business 
in this stretch is big. Um, and these teams are very, very beatable. The Until the Yankees go to the Red Sox um, in late September, September 24th, so just over three weeks from today, they, they don't face playoff teams. Team They don't face a team in the playoff picture uh, until, yeah, that Red Sox series yeah, that, and – and the Rays to close the season. That that's it. It's like six of the remaining, excuse me, thirty something games. So have to take care of business. I know the Jays have some good hitters. Uh, Lord Escuriel is. We've been talking about Yankee killers. Lord Escuriel is also up there in a big way. The Yankees have to find a way, and, I, and I'm confident they will. They've had some impressive series wins uh, of this last month. They took two or three in Chicago. They took. Two of three, they took both games against the Atlanta Braves, who were at the top of the NL East. They split against the A's, which that might not be a series win, but taking two and two in Oakland is what both you and I expected. That's a tough place to play. They got that yep. foul territory that heads into San Francisco. So it'll be interesting. It'll and be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'm just so thrilled that they are back in it right now. Sam, we were, we were pretty close to having meaningless September games. This team was right on the edge of, of being depressed podcast time. Uh, they, they turned it around. We 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 both confidently thought this was going to happen, which is nice. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't expect 13 in a row, but we, we are having meaningless conversations and me and you are going to jump on here every week, discuss playoff pitchers, just playoff pitchers and, and the, what else is going to happen around the league here. Uh, but it... it, it it was close to being bad, bad, bad baseball for, for September here. Um, I'm very glad to see that, that it's turned around here and, and that the Yankees, uh, anytime, I'm, I'm no longer concerned that if the Yankees lose a game or two here, that this team's going to fall apart. They are a different team in that dugout. And like what Garrett Cole did uh, on Wednesday night here, when they needed the big game and they needed the big win, they, they got it. And that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. That didn't happen early in the year. No, not at all. Uh, and even he, Flopped like that one that one start in Boston when he gave up the home run endeavors yeah. uh, that that day. I mean, this team's resilient. This team's better than they were, and I'm just thrilled we have meaningful September episodes because that Fourth of July day when Pete Alonso hit that home run, <laughs> I, I was I was thinking things. I was thinking we'll, things. We'll, we'll delete some of those texts. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I couldn't believe, but it, it's thrilling. And I never thought it would get to this level though. But the Yankees are holding a playoff spot right now. Uh, and they have Garrett Cole. So I'm feeling really, really good. I think that's the perfect way to end it. Sam, always a pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Podcast and In Pinstripes on the Gotham Sports Network. As Sam mentioned, we're going to be here talking September baseball and hopefully long October baseball for the New York Yankees. Uh, until next week, see you guys later. Go Yanks! <laughs>